Welcome to the Toffee Blues, your source for all things Everton and welcome to another podcast where we are going to be starting off as usual with the extra time segment where Thomas, Terry and Owen will be here to look back on our dismal 1-0 defeat at Spurs. Then after that horrific midfield display at Tottenham, I'll be back and I'll be asking should we give some of the under-23s a go in that position instead and for that debate I'll be joined by Paul McAllister. And then Paul and I will be back to look ahead to our upcoming Thursday fixture against Southampton in another match preview segment. As you know, these segments are separate on YouTube, so without further ado, I'll hand you over to Thomas, Terry and Owen, rather them than me, to go over the extra time for that Spurs game. Obviously, very disappointing result last night at the time of recording. This is going to be your extra time video reacting uh, to the disappointing 1-0 away defeat to Spurs. Uh, there's plenty to dissect here, so we'll just get straight into it. I'll come to Terry first. We'll skip kind of the general reactions because, I mean, I, I gather both of you are going to think that was quite a negative performance. No one really enjoyed that. Uh, just starting off with Terry, if you could pick kind of one place where it went wrong, what would you say it was? Where, where did we lose the game last night? <laughs> Probably on the team sheet, the whole thing. <laughs> like, um... <laughs> Yeah, uh, to be honest, not, not very many players put themselves in glory, but I think the worst defenders, no surprise, will be the midfield. Uh, you know, the shocking again. You know, even you know, the, it's it's mostly accepted that um, our best midfielder is Andre Gomez, and he didn't complete a single tackle all game. That shows how bad the whole midfield is. That, but we'll put it this way: we finished the game with an, a teenager, a teenage winger who started the season in the under-23s, just coming out of the under-18s, and at centre-midfield. So that speaks volumes for how bad the centre-midfielders were, but it it wasn't just them, it was everyone. Um, Pickford, we'll go on to him later, absolutely stupid, thick, brain-dead. I'm telling you, it's just... It's just there's, there's only three players who I can say come out of that game who shouldn't, you know, who shouldn't get an arse-kicking, and it's Richarlison... Luca Dean and Anthony Gordon, and it's not even to say Richarlison and Luca Dean played well. They just went shockingly bad, like the rest. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Sorry, go on. Oh, go on. Go on. Sorry. Oh, don't worry. I've got absolutely nothing to add to that. I mean, I completely agree that. I mean, the midfield was a joke last night. Obviously, Ancelotti definitely tried something. Um, he's tried. He tried to put more central midfielders into the middle, and obviously, if they're all gonna, you know, kind of bottle ta- tackles, not have much energy not really get the ball forwards at all. It, it doesn't really, it, it's nothing that he can really do. There's clearly a massive central midfield rebuild job that's needed. I mean, Gomez, obviously, he had that really bad injury and he hasn't quite come back the same, to be fair, but I don't think he's really been the same since Gay left last year. He clearly needs that kind of defensive presence who's going to add more energy because he's, he's not the most energetic. He's not the quickest. Uh, he needs kind of that, that body next to him. And obviously, he's not getting that in Gilfie Sigurdsson, especially in central midfield, which is kind of where he started. With Davies outright, and then another poor game I thought from Davies. I'm just, I'm struggling to see where he really fits into the side at the moment because we obviously started him kind of outright when we were defending in the four four two. He obviously can't play there. He's he's not as much of a box to box as I think maybe the club want him to become uh, because you know I don't think he's good enough on the ball. He's quite wasteful in possession, and then obviously Sigurdsson. I mean. What more do we have to say about Gilkey Sigurdsson? I mean, Gary Neville kind of hit the nail on the head. I mean, he was kind of ripping us to shreds yesterday, as he always does. But to be fair, I think 
most of it was was quite right, to be fair. I mean, Sigton, you know, I don't think Sky Sports often zoom in slow motion on players bottling 50-50s, but obviously that's what you get with Gilfie Sigurdsson. A role absolutely saved him. I thought thought yesterday just summed up a Gilfie Sigurdsson performance absolutely in a game that he really should have taken hold of. You know, Spurs were happy to defend uh, for, you know, large parts of the game. Surely in a game like that, an attacking midfielder like Gilfie Sigurdsson would surely take take hold of the game and he absolutely didn't, uh, which is kind of doing my head in now. But obviously this is what we're used to and obviously we need a massive rebuild job in the centre midfield. Uh, Owen, you got anything to add to that? Yeah, um, I understand why the three midfielders in terms of Davies, um, Gomez and Sigurdsson were played because when we um, shift into a defensive formation and the three midfielders drop in central, one of the wingers go into a wing back and then we play three at the back. It suits them mid- for three midfielders more to play there than it would um, when Anthony Gordon comes in there because obviously Anthony Gordon's a winger, not a um, midfielder. Though what I would say is he did more in 10 minutes in midfield, in the centre midfield, than I think Andre Gomez has done in three games since the lockdown, to be honest. So what a woeful performance that was from the whole of midfield. Um, Sigurdsson, it, the, the, the jury's been out on him for about a year for me. Um, it's all right scoring a goal or an odd assist when he does so, but it shouldn't sort of like replace the other like 18 minutes where he doesn't touch the ball. Tom Davies, I feel sorry for him because in a, in a team where it's all the confidence is flowing and he's in a quick mobile midfield, which we've never seen him in a Everton. He might be all right, but the problem is Everton, he isn't quick, and then none of the other midfielders are quick. And as for Gomez, I've never known a midfielder to be so lucky doing so little. He's all right passing from one side to the other and shielding the ball, but as for driving forward and creating anything or even putting a tackle, he's, he's pretty useless, to be honest. Yeah, I mean... I think Gomez, as I said, <clears throat> he's really struggling without the defensive presence, which we knew he, he lacked. And he, obviously, he's been asked to do more of now. He's kind of playing those two central midfielders. Um, but kind of moving on from the midfield, and I know, I know Terry's going to be bursting to talk about John Pickford here. He had another almost howler yesterday when the corner came in. It just goes straight through his hands. I mean, just, yeah, going over to Terry, what do we do about John Pickford at the moment? Because he doesn't stop, seem to stop making these just daft mistakes. He, he now, I mean, it's not even now, he's been like this for ages, but when you prioritise the problems that one has and, you know, need players to come in to replace them, obviously people, you know, most people would say central midfield and then it'll be right back, it'll be right mids, it'll be, you know, weaker areas. He, uh, he's an emergency now. He needs to be dealt with because he's not only, like, making mistakes consistently he's getting to the point where he's doing it every game now he's absolutely he's an absolute liability he's useless every single match now he does something stupid and then he sticks his tongue out and you know pulls a face or he'll do something absolutely ridiculous like I mean the la- the end of the game you know he's threw everyone up front we've got Michael Keane we've got Yeri Mina got everyone up front Calvert-Lewin Moise Keane you know big players and all he needs to do is is put it into the box. And this 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 goalkeeper who's supposedly good distribution and is good with his feet hits on the wing Bernard, who's 
you know, five foot something, like, you know, he's tiny. He's the smallest player on the whole pitch in Pickford. With time, not under pressure or anything, looks for an option and hits Bernard with the ball. Gary Neville put it, like, highlighted it. You can just tell Gary Neville. Gary Neville wants Everton to do well, probably despite Liverpool. He wants us to do well and he's just exacerbated. And I just feel like saying, Gary, we've been dealing with this for years. Absolute years. Like, stupid stupidity from our players like that. He, I know it's it's probably not realistic given, you know, the financial situation and, you know, the, the market being suppressed. You won't get buyers and what have you. But he is an absolute priority now to be replaced because he's, he's one of the things old Mr. Dean back now. We'll never get any better than we are right now with him in goal. Yeah, yeah I completely agree. Yeah. The problem with him is, is that if you look around the Premier League, you've got keepers who they are making a lot of mistake, but you don't see them like flap every cross like he does. They, you'll see a keeper make a mistake, and I think um, Guiter at Palace is a good example. He makes a mistake, but that's surrounded by seven good, like eight out of ten performances. He just flaps at every cross. He might make a good save, but then he ruins it by just making silly errors. They don't even always lead to goals, but if a team could would punish it, they would. He's absolutely terrible. Yeah, I mean I mean obviously in the list of priorities, sadly, I think he's definitely getting up there. I think I think a while ago we could always just get away with saying Pickford's not the priority because sometimes he has some good games, but at the moment he's having just kind of shocker after shocker. And then I think it's I think it's clear Terry wants Wants a new goalkeeper potentially in the summer or after. Oh, and just coming to you from that game alone, kind of standalone. What would you say is the one position in the summer we would need to just go and strengthen? If it's not Jordan Pickford, who else would it be? It's them two midfielders. The, the, the I'd say the whole midfield four in an ideal world. I'd replace every one of them because I don't think any of them are good enough. But if I had to make a specific, it'd be Gomez at Sigurdsson's position. Because I don't think either of them are quick enough or can tackle. Yeah, definitely. We we kind of just lost all defensive press. Obviously, one day maybe Gabamon will come back and he and he might play for us, and maybe he'll be that defensive, maybe energetic presence that we need. But until then, we know Delph's obviously never going to stop being injured either. And I don't really want to see Delph play for Everton again. I think his attitude's just a bit of a joke. To be fair, I can't stand him um, when he plays, you know, or off the pitch. To be fair, and I think. I always thought for the longest time we needed a right winger um, just to add more creativity and energy. But to be fair, after yesterday's centre midfield performance, I, I don't understand how we can't strengthen that position, especially if, as we know, finances are tight in the summer and we've got maybe we've got to pick one or two positions where we can't be making marquee signings, but someone has to come in. If we're not looking to strengthen centre midfield, I don't really know what's going on with the club's transfer strategy, to be fair, because I don't understand. And I don't think Ancelotti will be looking at that and thinking that midfield's fine, we can just move on to other places. I, I believe that he knows it's wrong uh, and he won't be happy, I'll imagine, because he can't implement. Because kind of, obviously he tried something tactically yesterday where he tried to put more centre midfielders you know, in the middle and he saw that it, it absolutely didn't work. And that, that, that was kind of in a bid to kind of not be overrun by Spurs' central midfield in what was a crucial game. Um, we were same points as Spurs, I think, and then we were a couple of points off Arsenal. A win there would have you know, put us massively towards Europe. Um, the Europa League especially Terry how unlikely is European football now do you think I mean a lot can change with these quick fire games but I, I wrote it off completely it was a long shot before last night because it's not in our hands you're relying on other teams to, to drop points um, 
but you never know. Like Man City lost to Southampton. You just you just don't know. I, I'm I'm at the point now though where I'm like, you know what? It would be we'd be we'd be frauds if we did get into it because how can you get into European football with midfielders like that? Like what? Can, like I think that if we get in there, it, for, and I'm not usually of this opinion because I, I want Everton to be in Europe regardless, no matter what. But at this point, with you know the delayed season and the, you know the no pre-season, it might actually in this scenario be more harmful because you might you know the club might look at players like Sigurdsson and turn around and go worth keeping him for the European games when I I think you know the 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 clear run at it next season for Ancelotti might be the the way to go be considering you know the change in um in calendar the change in format it might not be the best thing for the for the club as a business I, I don't know I could be wrong but it's just it's a it's a fantasy when we're, we're not good enough to play in Europe it's we're, we're just not you look at the teams around the Spurs were begging us to beat them yesterday. They were that bad, and we couldn't even we couldn't even create a decent chance against them. Like we, it was they must have been made up that we trolled at the time because we just yeah, had we haven't got else chance. But uh, no, no chance, absolutely no chance. But it's it's not about that. We, we, last night didn't tell us anything we didn't know. Let's be honest, we we. Don't play. We don't turn up for the games where there's big pressure, or most of the players don't. When there's something on the game, the players just put in performances like that. And when we go to away ground, doesn't matter. You could you could have Spurs could have 22 injuries and put their kids out, put their women's team out. Everton would conspire to you know not turn up and not perform on the night. So it, it as I say, not we didn't already know. Um, Ancelotti will have not been shocked by that. He, he knows what you know. Some of these players aren't good enough and and need replacing. And got to be said as well, some of the players who are more popular, I think the blooms off the rose now for the Bernards and the Andre Gomez's. Like when they came in, it was under a, a sort of the club and the supporters had just come out from a you know massive letdown season under Koeman and then Allardyce, where we'd had Wayne Rooney in centre midfield all year and and what have you. So when and but Balassi and what have you out, out wide and Nias getting games and Martina at left back. So when when Gomez, Dean, Bernard and everyone come in, Gomez and Bernard they didn't contribute very much, but they were good footballers. They looked nice on the eye. Bernard can drop his shoulder. Gomez can shield the ball and throw it, you know, forty yards to the other wing. It was a refreshing uptick in in style. But now that we're you know eighteen months, you know. Well, two years removed from that, you now want a little bit more from them, and and they're not producing it. So I don't think anyone apart from the two front men and the left back are safe. And, and Anthony Gordon now, like I say, in the summer, we're not going to get ten players in the summer. But now, you know that centre midfield, any any centre midfielder we buy is an immediate starter. Now, John Paul Gabamon, you know if. He best be Patrick Vieira or Roy Keane because he's not going to save that midfield by himself. He needs help when he gets to play. Yeah, I, what I would say about Europe is I think now that win for Spurs last night means it's between the current four. Well, the cut yeah, well from seventh to tenth. So you're looking at Spurs, Arsenal, Burnley, and Sheffield United. I think you're looking at one of them. I think we're too far gone now. Um, in terms of points, I know we've got. Bournemouth and Villa and Southampton and home, which is the norm the games we normally win. Um but I just think it's too far gone and I think them other 
teams have better fixtures either than us. So uh, I think it's too far gone. And I was also agree that it's probably in our best interest that we don't play in it next season because I just I just think it'll cause more issues. Than yeah, yeah. We're, not ready. We're just not ready as a squad and as a club. No, no, especially with kind of the injuries that we keep getting. You know, if we've got Delft, Gabam and Walcott injured, that's already kind of a, a thin squad. When, and then we'd have to go and play on Thursday nights and then potentially a more busy Premier League schedule if the season starts later or whenever it starts, because I, I don't know if that's been officially announced yet. And then we, we could go on to talk about kind of the mentality and how we always bottle away games, but I feel that it's kind of always the same. Ancelotti kind of knows the, um, the task he's got ahead of him. I mean, you look at the games he's lost, they're all mainly away to, you know, the, the Sky Six or whatever we want to call them. Which we know has been a problem for years, um, but kind of move away from the negative. Obviously, the majority of yesterday was negative. In terms of positives, as we've already kind of mentioned, Anthony going through the middle um, and out wide when he was told to play out there when he came on. Terry, just how good can this lad be? I mean, we, he got his assist against Leicester. He looked probably one of our brighter players. Would you say he kind of just needs to be starting for the rest of the season? Do we need to build around him? Uh, kind of going into next season how important do you think he's going to be in kind of that creative kind of central role? Which, uh, to be fair, I think we should probably expect Sigurdsson to be doing as the more experienced kind of central attack midfield role that he doesn't do. But obviously, Gordon looks happy, you know, pick up the ball, carry it forwards, and then, you know, try things, which was remarkable against Spurs yesterday in our team, which was just lacking creativity, confidence, energy and everything. Just how good can Gordon be, do you think? I don't know. I think people need to calm down getting excited about him. Um, he's not this, you know, Wayne Rooney type kid who's going to come in and transform the side through his quality. But he definitely should be starting the rest of the season because, let's be honest, just having a bit of energy and a bit of effort has made him look like a mile apart from the rest of the midfielders. Like, it's, I think people are sucked into this. We did it with Tom Davies and, you know, we've done it with other players in the past. I think people are getting a little bit too eager. Like, oh, Anthony Gordon, he's, you know, he's, he's going to be amazing. He, he could be a good player. I think he will be a good player. But I think people need to just calm down a bit. He, he should be playing. He's proved enough already to show he belongs in the first team and he belongs in among that mix. And if his competition is, it will be Bernard, Walcott, Stigerton for these positions, for these spots in the team, then, you know, he's got to play because... I don't injuries permitting. I don't think I'd like to see Sigurdsson play again for the kickoff. I know realistically, you know we're going to have to because the centre midfield. You know, Carlo can't put in centre midfielders that don't exist. He hasn't got them. You know, I never thought I'd ever miss Fabian Delph, but I would have had him playing last week. But um, I think I think Gordon's Gordon's a good player. I think he will be a good player. I think it's up to him to nail down a position in the. System like I think if he got his way, he'd probably play up front in a four-four-two, but it's not likely to happen considering the, the front players we've already got. So he needs to pick one of those wings and say that's mine, and I'm going to make sure that's mine because they're the easiest inroads into the team. So I would be playing him for the rest of the season on either wing, and in, as long as he's fit, because the difference he made last night just by having a bit of freshness, a bit of energy, was unbelievable. He looked, he looked like he was. A forty-five million pound player when he when he came on and Sigurdsson looked like he was the academy kids who was out of step. Yeah, I would go as far as well to say that if Theo Walcott is first, he plays as well over the 
been hard in a while, because I think the pair of them are not bad. Um, Walcott, I'm not his biggest fan, but I think he can run with the ball at least, and then I think Gordon can. So I think that gives you more energy than Bernard and Nwobi. Certainly more than Sigurdsson. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I think we needed that yesterday. Energy was kind of... I thought when we came back from the restart, the most energetic team was kind of just going to win, whoever's the fittest. But now we're, we're quite a few games into that now. I think fitness is kind of not the discussion now. I mean... We were more than fit enough to play against Leicester, so we should have been more than fit enough to play this game, but we, we looked shattered kind of from start to finish, which I don't understand because we did have a, a bigger gap than you might expect during, during this kind of restart period. But then, obviously, in terms of gaps, there's now only two or three days until we play Southampton now, so that there's not much time at all. Kind of just, just around here, obviously, we're not, this isn't a Southampton preview, but just kind of from that game, We've kind of picked the same kind of 11, 12, 13 players so far. Is the Southampton game, do you think, I'll, I'll leave this open to you, is this, is this now the time to make changes now, see who's run some players out, get them fit, see who kind of works in the system that we not, might not have seen before? Do you, do you think this is possibly just it now? Europe's probably out the window. You know, we, we can try things now, we can risk things and see potentially who we don't have to offload in the summer, who can just stay around as a squad player or... You know what? What do we do for the rest of the season now? I don't, I don't think Ancelotti will go for that because I think he just wants to get points on the board. I think it'll look better for him if he gets fifty plus points in the wood to play a few youngsters. I probably would throw a few in. I'd probably even go as far as to say I'd put Azanirin on the bench for a start and Sims. But I'm unsure what he will do. I think. As much as we break last night's performance, I think he'll be pretty happy with how we've done since the restart, considering we played Spurs, who are poor at the moment, but they are a decent team. Leicester are in the top three, Liverpool, okay, Norwich, but I think we've got a decent point return. I think if we don't beat Southampton, then I think it might start seeing a few changes in what we do, but I don't think there'll be anything radical. No, I agree. I I can't see them being wholesale changes because I don't. I think he knows who he, who he wants and who he doesn't want. I don't think that was a shock to him last night at all. I mean, we've we've got some good results since the restart, but we haven't played you know exceptionally well apart from a very short spell at the beginning of the Leicester match. Obviously, been very good defensively for the most part. Um, but no, I I wouldn't expect that. I think obviously you'll see. I mean, Gordon was starting. It was only last night that he didn't. I, I think Gordon probably will be in the team. I think you might possibly see a little bit of rotation with the front two just to protect them fitness-wise. You might start seeing Moise Keane from the start in the match or two. But other than that, I don't think so. I'd, I'd, I would be surprised if we if we saw um, Brantwaite outside of uh, a substitute appearance maybe towards the end of the season or, or what have you. No, he'll play the first team that he's got and he'll he'll just protect one or two from injury and, and fatigue and that'll be it because he doesn't need at this point, I think, any more convincing by some of the players he's already got. Yeah, I agree, Millie. I mean, I think we could start seeing Sadibe, maybe. I mean, there's one player that could come in. We don't know how fit Coleman really is, but Sadibe was... I don't want to see him. No, I don't want to see him at all, but he might, he might just be tried... If the, I think there's close to zero chance of seeing Sadibi playing some of these games. 
These are uh, if he's I think up he... against the Dharma on Sunday he ain't got a chance of playing. I mean, uh, to be fair, I think he's got a. I think he's got a chance of getting the team because obviously we saw Coleman kind of trail off yesterday towards the end, and obviously he did come on. He does look like a bull in the china shop though when he runs forwards. Uh, but the club, you never know. They, they might want to see what he can do. I don't think we're going to make his transfer permanent. I think that's pretty much agreed now. Um, the jo- the jury is no longer out on Sadiba. It's back in. I think the verdict is yeah. There's no way. I mean, <laughs> I'd just like to see him trap a ball and not have a go out for a throw in. How many times has he done that? Like, oh, yeah, I mean, you know, I swear to God. I mean, I, we could see him on the right midfield um, to give us that, you know, wide balance. And, you know, eBay on the right and Gordon on the left might be something we see, considering how bad Iwobi was. But I'd, I think if Coleman's fit, I can't see. Um, I think he, I think Carlos made his decision that Coleman's is right back until he gets a new one. So I think Sadibe, next time you see him, might be the last time. Yeah, yeah, I mainly agree. So there you have it. That's our that's our extra time video on the Spurs game. Massively disappointing. Maybe a lost chance uh, to Europe, which might not be the worst thing considering fitness and fixture pile up next season. Welcome to a little discussion show with me and Paul, where we're going to basically discuss what the next move is for our midfield with regards to maybe the under-23s getting a go because, let's be honest, what we witnessed against Tottenham the other day was just horrific, wasn't it, from pretty much every midfielder. Paul, I think, do you think it's time to give one of the kids a go? They can't do any worse, can they? I don't see why not, to be honest, because a lot of players who have been using have run out of chances. Absolutely. You know, Sig. Yet Sigurdsson is, there's no way to describe how bad he is. Get rid of him, ASAP. Um, in regards to the wingers, I'm not a particularly a fan of Bernard. I don't think he's crap or anything. I just don't see him as this kind of difference maker in a lot of games. No, he, does, he doesn't create, I mean, he creates, but he doesn't actually get any assists as such, does he? He doesn't seem to no. put the ball on a sixpence for the strikers or anything like that. No, and he doesn't seem to take on players as much anymore. He's um, been re- he's been really bad since the restart. Definitely, and uh, Wobi does take players on, but other than that, he does very little. <laughs> Wobi is just an absolute mystery, isn't he? Yeah, it's one of them. He can yeah. have a great game like he did <laughs> against Norwich, and then otherwise he's just awful. But um, yeah, Wobi's a weird player. Davis is so inconsistent. He's, he'll always have his critics. Gomez hasn't got the legs to play in that midfield on his own. Clearly, he needs someone with a lot of pace next to him, like Gayad. And Gabamans. Gabamans, <laughs> Yeah, I don't think we'll ever see like, Gabamans. So. We, we saw that, didn't we, with the tier? Do you know someone made the tier ranking thing for our squad? And Gabamans yeah. was just his own <laughs> rank at the bottom because there's just like, there's no even, it doesn't even play. So, what's the point in like ranking? I and mean, we haven't even got a performance to go by with. John Philippe Gabamon. But yeah. with regard to the centre mids in particular, there's just no dynamism in the middle of the park, is there? I mean, you mentioned Gomez in the lack of legs, he's just not at the races at all. I don't know whether the four four two is for him. Uh and if there was any positive to take, if and I'm really clutching at straws here, by the way, but 
if there was any positive to take out of that Spurs game, it has to be the fact that Gary Neville did a very good job of highlighting how awful Gilfie Sigurdsson is when the goal gets tough. Yeah, I suppose so. But is that a positive or is that just going to put any potential buyers off buying them? <laughs> because of seeing with their own eyes how god-awful and useless he is. <laughs> well, I'll be honest, going into that game, I wasn't expecting there to be any potential buyers out here. The Sheffield United rumour today, but with the exception of that, I wasn't expecting anyone to be flooding us with offers for Sigurdsson, to be quite honest, given you consider the wage that he's, let's say, stealing at the moment. And uh, Yeah, I, I just thought it was refreshing to see Sky Sports actually all like, one of the main broadcasters actually lay into our players because too often it's easy to slate the manager. And I know one of the a typical copy journalists like did come out and try and slate Ancelotti for it last night, which is absolutely absurd. Yeah. But it was good to see the players get a bit of a telling off from the commentators for once because some of them just fall way below the standard on far too regular basis. And I think we're very much naming names there, Gilfie Sigurdsson. So, yeah. I, I agree with you, but um, Benny Beningamy, what's he got to do to get a chance for me? I, I really like him. I mean, we haven't seen much of him the last few years, but I remember that little spell that he got in the team when Coombe got sacked and Unsworth came in and then eventually Allardyce took over. He played a fair bit in that in that season, particularly it, it, it in the It wasn't anything special, season. but he was certainly more of a grafter than anything we've got in the middle of the park now. Yeah, exactly. And he's a few years older now. He's been out on loan since then. I know he didn't get a lot of game time when he was out on loan, but hopefully he's a little bit wiser. He's learnt a few a few things. And hopefully as well, he's hungrier than ever to try and make a goal of his Everton career. Because if it doesn't work out under Angelotti, then how long has Beningham even got left on his contract? I've no idea, to be honest, but... I think it should be enough time to give him a few goals between now and the, se- the end of the season. And I yeah. think what it's worth noting now is, whether you like to admit it or not, having lost that game last night, it's done and dusted now as far as getting into Europe's concerned. We're not going to get in the top seven or eight or whatever it takes to get into Europe next season. It's not going to happen full stop. But... What that does mean is with less to play for, we've got to start blooding some of the kids. Yeah, and I agree with that. This, this is mean, the time now. Yeah, and it goes back to something um, Jürgen Klopp said the other day in regards to Liverpool's kids. Um, somebody asked him, um, now that the season's like kind of over for Liverpool, essentially, um, why don't you give the, uh, some of the youngsters a chance? And he, he said something that I personally agree with. He said... I don't hand out Premier League appearances for Christmas presents. I don't just play kids for the sake of playing them. So I'm not saying that we should just drop every underperforming player and just put a load of under-23s in there because we don't want to... Some people have gone very knee-jerk on that front and said just play the whole under-23s. Exactly, yeah. Some people call for that, saying, oh, these these overpaid title players don't have any passion. Give the kids a go. I agree with that to a point, but you can't just basically throw away games between now and the end of the season. I don't want to end up finishing somewhere like 14th. No, so, yeah, but when certain players um, in certain positions are playing so badly and it's clear they've got no future at the club, really, like Sigurdsson, um, give, the chan- give, a, give a chance to a young player who's still 
might stick around for the long term. As as I was saying earlier on, Beningham, if he gets a chance, could break through and do what Gordon's done and shown that he's actually got a lot to offer and he's someone who we want to keep around for next season and beyond. Well, so, we, we've got to see how they fare in the in the first team football. Really, we need to see them play for the Everton first team in a Premier League game and see how they get on to actually decide that. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, it's happened too many times over the last few years. I can think of a few players off the top of my head who get a few games in the Everton first team at some point in a season, and they do okay, not spectacular, not terrible. But then when players come back from injury or someone else is signed, they kind of just drop out of the picture. And I don't well, really understand why. It, yeah, it happened to Galloway. It happened Gar- to Tyus Browning. Yeah. You know, Garbutt, he's probably the best example. Plenty. Well, Garbutt had the bad injury, to be fair. But Galloway and Brown are very good examples. Beningamy and other. And there's, yeah. there's, there's probably been a few others over the... I mean, even to an extent, you could say John Joe Kenny as well. Going out alone. Because yeah. he was... Before Coleman's recovery from that injury, he was getting a lot of first-team appearances, and that's tailed off now, which is a shame. I think he will get a chance next season, now that he's back from Schalke. Yeah. It's, it's a case of, will we give these other kids a go? Beningamy, Dennis Adina, and we, we deserve, I've seen a lot of good things said about him, and we haven't seen... Yeah. He hasn't made one first-team appearance, which is... It might say he isn't, maybe he isn't good enough, but we'll never know if he doesn't play a game. Yeah, Seb Quirk just signed a new contract as well, didn't he? And yeah, he did. I think he's yeah. a lot younger than the names were naming there, though, isn't he? He's about 18, isn't he? Yeah, but yeah, I, I am willing to bet a fair bit of money that Angelotti probably hasn't seen a lot of these youngsters. So well, he's probably going to say the same thing he said about Garbutt and that presser. Who are they? Yeah, exactly. And that's not to put them down. He's just not been here long enough to really have a look at absolutely everybody and form a fair opinion on them. Well, now with the season effectively being over, is now not the best time for him to maybe analyse some of those players? I think so, yeah, definitely. And as I was saying before, that doesn't mean just handing out appearances willy-nilly, but give, give chances to some players who are... Probably who who've been at the club a fair bit of time, like a Beningamy, and you've got the excuse to drop players who play in their position because they've just been so bad and players are desperate to see the back of them. Then let's say if someone like Beningamy comes in and he has an absolute stinker, the supporters are not going to, I think, go absolutely berserk. They're not going to jump on the manager and say, "Oh, what was he doing playing that kid in that position?" Because yeah. Yeah, you're, you're, you're underestimating Everton fans here. You can find the reasons to complain. Yeah, we've found fault in everything. But what I'm saying is the manager should feel secure in giving a chance to a youngster because he knows that the alternative are playing so badly. It's horrific, was, yeah. Yeah, that they can hardly do any worse. And even if they do, at least we were at least we found something out about that player that, that we didn't know beforehand. And, and at, least, at least he's only a kid who we can probably get rid of for a small fee and you know, he's not on a big wage instead of these wasters on 120k a week. Yeah, and it, it, it goes back to something I just mentioned before. Some of these players come in, they get a few games here and there, and then they just drop out the picture entirely. And it's I always think, what happened to them? What happened to Galloway? What happened to Browning? What happened to what, what, what Garbutt? Could gone, what could have gone so wrong? Because they didn't yeah. necessarily perform awfully. Yeah, they didn't look like they were nowhere near good enough when they got in. They had a few appearances here and there, and for the most part, they looked okay. 
Now, obviously, afterwards, they've gone on loan and it's not worked out for them. And they've basically come back and kind of felt like they were persona on grata. Luke Garbett touched on that, didn't he, in his interview with Tom interview a few with days Tom, ago? Yeah. yeah, he said, OK, I went out on loan to Fulham. It didn't mm-hmm. work out. But, but I came back still feeling like I was young enough to kick on and progress mm-hmm. at Everton. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and hopefully get another chance to show the management. OK, that loan work didn't move. That low move didn't work, but that doesn't mean that the club just has to totally give up on me and assume I'm not good enough. But that's just what we seem to do all the time. So I hope Beningamy and the likes aren't the latest victim of that because I know he went to Wigan and it didn't really pan out for him, did it? He didn't play no, much. No. But I hope that hasn't resulted in everyone at the club just thinking that... Writing him off because he wasn't good yeah. enough to get in the Wigan team so he shouldn't play for Everton. Yeah, and the only reason he's getting on the bench is to make up numbers. I hope that's not the case. I hope he's training with the first team and he's getting on the first team bench uh, under the assumption that Angelotti thinks he might have a use. So, yeah, I want to see him given a go and maybe one or two other youngsters because they could be another Anthony Gordon. They could come in. They could could show everybody something that we've been missing and give supporters a bit of positivity. A bit of positivity, yeah. A bit of optimism for next season. Bit of optimism in the sense that okay, I know this is crap now, but a lot of our underperformers are all old, and they're going to be gone soon. And when these youngsters break through and get a bit of season, things will pick up, and we've got and the, the manager not, to bring not, them through. Not, not just yet, not just that as well. If these players like a Beningami or an Adina or maybe another defensive mid, I know there's a very promising youngster called Onyango, isn't there in the under 23s who's a centre mid, and he could have a chance. He's very young, but Nonetheless, he's meant to be quite promising. If any of those guys come in and perform well, that might save us a fortune buying players next summer. Yeah. So this summer, whenever it may be. Where, um, where's Lewis Gibson? Where's he? Is he still out on loan? He's, he's on loan Fleetwood, but they've just been knocked out the playoffs, haven't they? Fleetwood, so I'm not sure if he'll be the If he can soon. come back and play, yeah. Yeah, but Gibson's an, if Gibson can come back and be registered, I, I don't know the rules on that. I'll have to check. But we if might not can, need to then... buy Gabriel or something like that, and that saves us another twenty million. Yeah, or we could put him on the bench and move Holgate into the midfield. I know I've seen people wanting to try that. And I mean, Gibson I don't see, the... I don't see why we should, why we don't try that because, I mean, I thought Keen and Mina played okay together at the back yesterday, regardless yeah. of how bad the team were. And if Holgate's fit, I I give him a go in midfield and play those two at the back because Holgate we've seen Holgate make a few appearances in midfield and I'll be honest, he was better than what we've been playing in the last couple of games. That's for sure. He's been the best whole midfielder we've used this season in that position. That's a damning indictment in it. On when he's playing out yeah. of position, it's a damning indictment. Out of position. I can't. Fabian I can't Dalton. think of that game that he played against United in particular when um, Ferguson put him there. And I think he put him there for Chelsea as well, didn't he? The game he before. Did. No, he... Arsenal, maybe. Was it Arsenal? It, yeah, it, it, in Ferguson's little run, wasn't it? Um, he took over for a few games. But he played better in that number six than Davis, Gomez, um, Sigurdsson even. I know Sigurdsson was put there for a few a few times. None of those central midfielders I played anywhere near as well as Holgate did in that position. And he's a centre-back who was originally a right-back. So it's, 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 it says a lot about how good and how flexible Holgate is, but also you name those names there. Tom Davis maybe is the only other player who I know who can actually put a tackle in. Gomez just kicks people and 
He hasn't got the legs. And then flips at the ref when it was an obviously foul. Uh, Sigurdsson doesn't even bother putting the foot in, as we can see yes, yesterday's game. It was just a, he just covers out of the challenge. And then obviously you've got Delphus. He probably does put a tackle in, but either gets sent off or gets injured in the process. Yeah, I've not even mentioned him yet. We don't really want to mention he's, it. He's gone out of my brain completely. That's. I'd yeah, like. What, I'd like. I'd like, I'd like it to be that silly way. Silly and that's turned out to be. I, 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 yeah, I'd like that to be that way for me. It's just I don't want him in my head. He's just been such a waste of time signing, hasn't he? And waste of time, waste of money. Mm. Just, it's just stupid. Uh, it was a sign that looked good in theory when we made it, but I think it, you've got to realise a lot of people were comparing him to Gareth Barry because of the experience and coming from a title-winning City team, but the difference is Gareth Barry was an astute model professional and Fabian Delft's an arrogant, overrated twerp, let's be honest. He's He's, the, the way he is, though, he's the way he interacts on social media. That whole you'd ask for a photograph and all that. To be honest, I don't particularly care about him getting into arguments with people on social media. I, I, I hate Sigurdsson a lot more than I hate Delph because Delph, when he's on the pitch, regardless of what you think of him off the pitch, on the pitch he puts in far more effort, and that's what I care about ultimately. But he's still been a really crap signing, so. The top and bottom of it is um, the central midfield is so bad that I want to see a young kid get put in there or I want to see Holgate get moved further forward. And if that happens, bring a young kid who's a defender and use him on the bench. Just give them the, the match day experience of training with the first oh, yeah. team and sitting there and taking instructions. More of a chance maybe grow. for Branthwaite or somebody to get a go at the back then? Or... Yeah, yeah. Branthwaite's been uh, highly rated, hasn't he? So... I just want to see as many uh, young kids in the first team as possible. I think that's got to be the, the aim now because obviously we're not in the transfer window yet. We can't bring new faces in. But we need some new faces to see in the first team between now and the end of the season to give us a bit of optimism because the current first team that we've witnessed all season and during the resumption is just not cutting the mustard, especially in the midfield like we've been discussing here. It's just... The midfield is just abysmal, isn't it? That what we've been currently doing, and the, 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 whether it's a four-four-two, four-two-three-one, it doesn't matter. These players are letting you down, regardless of what the formation is. Yeah, I, I think we just need some new faces. Whether and I know, I, I know, we're unlikely to sign any major names because of the pandemic, even when the transfer window was open. But supporters are that fed up, looking at the likes of Sigurdsson and Delph and. Gomez and Davis and Bernard and players like that. We just need some fresh blood. We mm. just need someone to come in and offer something else. And just and shake, it, shake even, it up a bit. Yeah. Honestly, give, give support to someone else to focus on for a couple and, of weeks. And maybe someone who comes in and shames these players into working a bit harder. Some of them some of them clearly aren't working hard enough. I don't care. Yeah, I, hope so. I, hope, I hope so, but some of our players have got no shame, have they? No, well, I think we're not naming names, are we? Well, we've named them about five times in this interview, in this video, but yeah. just any way we can change it, any way we can make it feel a bit fresher between now and the final game, I just, I really hope Angelotti tries it because we these need, players... We need, we need something fresh, we need something to get behind because... I, for one, with this season now effectively over, I'm finding it very difficult to get behind the established first team at the moment but the, yeah, the way they're performing 
I'm finding it hard to care. Yeah, really. I'll be honest, I woke up this morning, I mean, I was disappointed to see us lose last night, obviously, but I woke up this morning and for a while while I was in work, I just completely forgot that there was there was even a game last night, to be honest, and that's how quickly I, wiped, I tried to wipe it from my memory. Yeah, and um, we're playing again, uh, it's a quick turnaround on Thursday, but I'm not even entirely sure I'm going to watch it. I don't even have any plans to do anything. I'm I'm so, not sure myself. I mean, I probably will because I'll end up doing a vid on this and um, we'll, yeah. uh, we'll do a reaction. And I mean, uh, I, I probably will because I've got to, I've got to write a, a, a match report. But it's just I don't I, that will be my only motivation to watch it. I won't be watching it because this is my team and I really want them to win because it doesn't feel like it really matters. It doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel like I can't identify with some of those players who are pulling on the Everton shirt at the moment. There's certainly. Not players like, without me saying we're not naming names, certain people who pull out of challenges, 50-50s, and that's not the Everton way. It never has been. Anyone who pulls out of a 50-50 is not an Everton player. And I think, dare I say it, Gary Neville nailed it when he said that. Yeah, Gary Neville spoke for every Evertonian who's watched this crap for years last night when he said yeah. his and team it, 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 just have no belief, they have no pride, they have no desire. And uh, believe me, I don't like blowing smoke up Gary Neville's backside, but I, I think he did get a lot of things right last night. And Called a spade a spade. He did, yeah. And it's not often you get that. I feel it's too easy, like I said before, to level it at the manager. And it's definitely not the manager's fault. You know, we've got one of the best managers in the world, despite what Miguel Delaney may think. Uh, and um, yeah, at the end of the day... Ancelotti is go- will be able to turn this around, but it's going to take time and it's going to take a few risks being taken, like maybe giving youngsters a go now. Maybe go against the grain a little bit because we can't just have the same insipid crap from the established first teamers. It's just, it's been too long now. And especially this season's really, obviously, it's been longer, but it feels like even longer than that. It's just dragged so much. And I feel like those players are responsible for that to an extent. Well, a lot of these players are responsible for getting three managers sacked. Mm. Aren't they? Koeman, Allardyce. I know he didn't help himself, but Koeman, Allardyce and Nato Silva. So, so a lot of these players There's a lot to answer for. have a lot to answer for and they've clearly got no loyalty or pride no, in the bag. No, no respect for the club and no, no respect for any manager who manages the club. Uh, no, that's it at the end of the day. Yeah, so and then people know who they are. Yeah, so to, to, to sum up, basically, let's just give some opportunities to some youngsters who have been have probably been at the club a long while, want to succeed at the club, want to succeed. Yeah, and deserve, an op- deserve an opportunity more than the people who've been getting them. So yeah, that and deserve an opportunity be... to play under Angelotti. It, it could, it would be some 19-year-old, 20-year-old kid's dream, dream to come play under Angelotti. They could, probably couldn't imagine doing that six months ago. And now so. it's right there in front of them. So give give them a go. Don't doubt that Beningami or Onyango or Adeniran, they're all probably chomping at the bit to try and get a go under Ancelotti. Yeah. And at the end of the day, this is the best time you could ever imagine to do it because there's no fans, no pressure. Season, as we know, is effectively over. These are five pretty much dead rubber games to blood players in the Premier League, young players with no experience can get experience in the probably the easiest environment they could have wished for. 
Yeah, I agree 100%. Yeah, um, so there you go. Pick the kids. That's all we're saying. Carlo, Rooney. You know, what, what does Carlo Ancelotti know? I mean, we could pick this team. But at the end of the, at the, end of the day, just don't let me see Gilfie Sigerson on that pitch against Southampton, whatever the weather. Welcome to the match preview segment for the next game in our resume Premier League campaign on Thursday night, Everton versus Southampton back at Goodison. And yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. I mean, it's, it's a quick turnaround, obviously, after that dismal result that we got in North London with Spurs and their new stadium. And it was a pretty grim display whatever way you look at it to look ahead to this game I've got Paul alongside me we'll get straight into the action or lack of it if the previous match was anything to go by Southampton have just put in the performance of their lives to beat Man City meanwhile we've just lumped to one of the worst performances of our season and an underperforming Spurs going by that there's no real cause for optimism on this segment tonight is the Paul um Contrary to that, I can see us winning this game because it's just it's it's what we tend to do. We tend to lose we tend to lose big games away from home that the fans are up for, and then we we not long afterwards we tend to win games at home that don't mean anything. We've done it for years. I, I can yeah. remember when we lost to was it Wigan and Wigan in the FA Cup, and then beat City at home, even though we had not yeah. played for. Yeah, and then the se- I think the season before that we lost to the worst Liverpool team in history at Wembley, and then a few days then be later for, be Fulham four 0 the week after. Yeah, and put four past uh, United at Old Trafford. I think that was right, the very yeah. next game. Yeah, well, uh, I just... think the best example of it was we beat Brighton one 0 a week after losing that derby to their kids this season. Yeah, it's just it makes no sense, but it's just what Everton have done for years upon years, and I can see it happening again here. I really can. I can I can see us going in playing really relaxed, playing flu, um, fluid football, and probably sucking some fans back in into thinking that we yeah, were actually on the, on the up again. again. I don't know, just... Yeah, papering papering over the cracks. It's what I can see us doing. I, I really can. I'll be honest though, having witnessed the Spurs game, I'm not sure if it's going to wash anymore because this is not the first time this season, like we mentioned that game against Liverpool's kids and all that. This is not the first time these players have put in these kind of turgid displays this season. And, you know, we've got one of the best managers in world football now. And, you know, it's it's definitely not the manager's fault. It's the players. And, I mean, if it shouldn't be any more obvious to, to us fans now that some of these players just aren't fit for purpose. And, I mean, we, we could say this till the cows come home, couldn't we? With, about slating the certain players in this team who are perennial left-downs, let's be honest. Yeah, they give it all that. They come out after a game and say all the right things and then the the following game afterwards, they just absolutely bottle it, don't turn up, play well below their level. Coleman is the chief chief one for it. He was doing it again the other day. I I want to see Everton in the conversation for Champions League. I'm, I'm sick of Everton. Um, underperforming, being there, underperforming. It's like, well, mate, cl- well, you're well, one clip, of the... clip your teammates around. You're the captain. Clip your teammates around here when they put in a stinker like Gilfie Sigurdsson did yesterday or Andre Gomez did yesterday. Exactly. You've got to get in the show some leadership. Players. You're the leader. You know, at the, yeah. at, the end of the, at the end of the day, you know, I think we talk about. We, I was speaking earlier on, wasn't I, about Gary Neville and how much 
I was impressed with the things he said on the, on Sky last night. But his brother, did, whether you liked him or not, Phil Neville, I'm not sure whether you're a big Phil Neville fan or whether you were a detractor of his or... Not, not as a player, but I but do as, like him as, as a person. As a, as a leader, I thought he was yeah. a much better leader than anything we've got now. And I think that showed in the difference of the sort of the character of this team. There's no character in this team. And, you know, Seamus Coleman, he's been a good servant to Everton, a very loyal servant, done very well for a number of years. But he's not a captain. He's not an no. Everton captain. Nor was, dare to say, it, Jagielka before him. He was, Jagielka wasn't, wasn't great, but he was still better than Coleman as a captain. The last few years, our captains have just been the most Spine. popular boy in yeah. Spineless, most popular boy in class type thing. The, the person in class who everyone has a laugh with and thinks is really sound. So let's give him the captain because let's give him the captaincy because no one falls out with him. That, yeah. That's not the job of a captain. The captain's job is to fall out with people and to clip people around the ear and to get in people's face saying, You're crap, you need to be better. It, it, it boiled or, you me, did it, this wrong. It boiled my blood watching uh Larice rip into Son after he made that mistake at the end of the first half. Because he's a captain. Because he's doing what a captain should do. That's what I mean. He was doing what Coleman should be doing when players are getting in behind our defence. And he never does. I don't don't care. He's had a couple of good games as well, Coleman, since the lockdown ended. But he's not washing for me as a leader. He's not a captain. And I don't think we really have any captain material, certainly not in the more experienced players in the ranks. I think Angelotti will sign one when, when he can. Uh, it might not good. be this that, summer. That could be a very crucial signing because we, that that could be the difference, to be honest. Even when we, we might play awfully like that again, but we might not lose just because we have a leader who can you know, drag us back into the game. Yeah, but Angelotti, all his managerial career, has always had strong captains. He's had Maldini, he's Nesta. had Nesta. Yeah, he's had Casillas for Real Madrid. John Terry um, at Chelsea, whether you like him or not. John Terry at Chelsea, yeah. Angelotti knows how crucial a captain is for a successful side, so I've got faith that in due course he, he'll sort that out. But going back to the Southampton game, as I said before, I can see us just turning up for this one and basically play into our level because on paper our squad is better than Southampton's we're above them in the league is it really not by much but I think it is because we're on our third manager of the se- of the season and we're still above them do you know what I mean and they got spanked 9-0 earlier this season I, th- I think their squad is not very good it's just got three or four players in it who are having really good seasons now our squad's probably got three or four good players in it but I don't think any one of them's having an outstanding season. No, not necessarily, but I do think their midfield, their whole team as a unit is far more cohesive than ours. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Um, they're better coached than, we, than we've been the past year or so, and they've got a game plan and a style of play that they're all established in. But if you look at their team, I think you'd pick, on paper, you'd take more of our players than their players if you had to mix them. But... My point is, I think we'll go man for man with them in this game, and I think we'll beat them. Not, you know, I don't think we're going to spank them or anything. I think it will be tight. I can see a one nil or a two one. It'll be a one nil. We don't score many goals. 
and to be fair, we don't concede many, to be honest. We've only conceded twice since the restart. I think that's the saving grace of... Yeah, and both of those goals were a bit... Both of those goals were stupid as well. But, yeah, I'm not saying this to put down Southampton. It's just I think Everton will just do what Everton typically do. We'll respond after a really poor performance in a crucial game with a good slash really good performance in a game that ultimately isn't that important at home. no relevance, really, no. When the pressure's off, yeah, it's just what Everton do. We always win games that fans are not bothered about. Well, I think that, that I think somebody made a meme of that actually on Twitter earlier on, and it, it sort of nailed it. it. Was literally just like the, the 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 dog meme, and it's just the dog with like like six pack, like Everton when there's no pressure, and then it's like the other dog dog crying. And it was like Everton when you could get into the European places. Yeah, it's, it's just it's, it's a mentality thing. It is. It's a mentality um, thing, like Gary Neville's pointing out. That we're not. A, 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 it's not even just these group of players because it's it's been players in generations before this. It's a club thing. The club doesn't have the mentality of winners. We don't win when the, our backs are against the wall. We don't seize uh, victory from the jaws of defeat. We don't get ourselves into the big time. We don't compete for anything. It's like we're just happy to be there, and as long as we don't get embarrassed. Then, with uh, then the players will go off, not really feeling too sorry for themselves. I hope he was right, Gary Neville, when he said, "I hope these Everton players get on the coach and feel really, really embarrassed and really terrible." But I don't think they will have done. No, I think they'll have just no, they'll have just shrugged the shoulders and gone, "Oh well, well, it's another time. game on fair. There's always next time. There's always Thursday when we play Southampton, and that'll be what happens, in my opinion, at least. What I was saying, they'll come out for Southampton as if that loss didn't happen against Tottenham and just play normally." And easily without pressure, and probably get a good result. And that's the difference, I think. If we had a proper captain, we wouldn't be tolerating these kind of displays. Certainly not it there in the moment on the pitch. I think the the captain would definitely have something to say if we had a proper leader. Great captains don't let standards drop. You, you can have a great captain, and your team still isn't very good because the quality of the team's just not up to the level. Bear in mind we. We had Dave Watson as captain and stayed up against Coventry and Wimbledon. That team was awful. And that team was well worse than this on paper. You know, we had Carl Tyler and Klaus Thompson and God knows what in that team. But, you know, we still still managed to show more fight than this team does. Yeah, and even back um, in the Moines years, I I know a lot of people don't like him, but even Alan Stubbs in that 4 5 season, do you know what I mean? There was a lot of get times in that season where we just stayed in games and nicked them and showed a lot of spirit. Even though we, we haven't showed well. that for years. Yeah, I can't remember the last time Everton. Um, there's been like little example, little one-off games here and there, like Norwich the other week. But I can't think of a time when we went through this prolonged period of just being this really gritty team that digs in and is hard to beat and nicks results. We just don't ever seem to do it. You're probably talking. Towards the end of the Moyes years, for the last time, we had spells like that because we certainly we played well under Martinez, but it was we were always a bit brittle. And ever since Martinez, it's been a complete mess, really. We were yeah, we were always a front foot team like, under Martinez. We would always play really well and win well, or, or or and concede. Yeah, whenever we won, it wasn't because we battled for it. It was just because we were able to sweep aside a really crap defence that was worse than us. That was it. And, and I know under ma- in managers since then we've not really put it, built anything, have we? It's just been. No. It, it feels like every game we've just been winging it under three managers. And I think just go out there, I go out there he, on the day, and hopefully something clicks. But I think even under Ancelotti now, who's one of the best managers there is, 
think we're still we've still got to wing it because these players are that awful. Yeah, and he's he's tried his best to instill some old fashioned Italian steel, hasn't he? But it's the same players who are just on lost causes. There's no such thing as the there's no such thing as steel in some of these players and No. I think there's far too many of them. They need weeding out. And hopefully it'll only be another year or two before these names that we're naming are on the way. I, I, I think contracts are starting to run out. Thankfully, we've seen a couple of wasters leave last week. You know, players are starting to be moved on, which is a really good sign. Now it's about making yeah. sure we bring in the right players to replace those. And they don't always have to be expensive buys. No, just the right characters. Players who want to come in and fight. Do you know what I mean? I don't mean That's fight it. as in, like, have scraps. I mean, fight as in come in and prove themselves, show the worth, achieve something. There's a really good quote I like. Um, I don't want people who want to jump on the train when it's moving. I want people who want to, get the tr- who want to push the train and get it moving in the first place. And that's exactly that's what, what we need. We're, we're the train that's not moving at the moment. We need to get it yeah. moving. That's a, good, that's a very yeah. good analogy. Yeah. So I can see us winning this, this game really tightly, a 1-0 or a, or a 2-1. And hopefully fans don't fall for it and get suckered back in thinking, oh, well. With a um, gear now, we're going to win the league next season. Yeah, yeah. Or, oh, well, oh, I don't. Um, Tom Davis or Andre Gomez or... Bernard played really well today. Maybe we can stick. Maybe we can stick with them and use them next season. Oh no! Do you know what I mean? We've seen what 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 they what they're like when the going gets tough. Sigurdsson, if if he's if he plays, God forbid he doesn't. But if he does and he scores a winner, I, oh. I really hope fans don't just forget what happened the other week and start making out like he's great again. I think people were starting to do that, weren't they? After Leicester and like they were little bit. With, he's been playing. Pretty well until the Spurs game, and he was, and people were going, "Is he is Gilfie back? Like, is he back to like the Gilfie we had like last season?" Yeah, or have we just found the use for him? We can bring him off the bench just to slow the pace down in games to something that suits us. But no, he's useless. He's useless. He's, and he's a waste. Players, yeah, and there's other players who are wasters as well. And regardless of what happens between now and the end of the season, they shouldn't have a future here. Regardless of how well they might play or how many points that might help us pick up. We've seen what happens or what they what they offer when we're up against the wall and we need to win a game that is really important to the season. There's no there's no point turning it on when no one cares. And that's literally Everton in a nutshell, isn't it? Yeah. So and on the, and on I'll, that, I'll, for this Southampton game I'll go for a two one. Yeah, I was you know. just gonna get on to our predictions and it is gonna be one of them games. All right, go on. It's, it's going to be one of them. No one cares about it. It's like it's the kind of game Everton normally win. Oh, I think you nailed it when you said that. So you've gone for the two-one, have you? Yeah, I'll go for the two-one. Um, I fancy Dominic Calvert-Lewin um, to score. He hasn't scored for a little while, and um, maybe Luca Dean. Okay, maybe, maybe, maybe a Luca Dean set piece. Because would you a, a Luca Dean goal, aren't we? So yeah, I'll go for a very tight two-one. And afterwards, the players come out and give it all the same old talk about... Oh, we're we're going to get in the top four next season and all. Yeah. We want to battle. We know we let you down. We'll prove, we want to prove people wrong. Sure. Do you know what sure. I mean? Just get the points. I've, 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 I've had enough of them stupid sound bites now, I think. Yeah. So, 2-1 for me. Yeah, I'm not going to be that optimistic. I'm going for a one all draw. I think you might be right on the Calvert-Lewin front. I think he might get a goal. But I don't think we've got enough in us to... 
get a win. To be honest, I think it's just when you look at the way Southampton played against City, if they play half as good as that, we've got no chance. Yeah. <laughs> if they play half as good as he did against City, then we'll get tonked, I think. Yeah. But, you know, hopefully those type of performances are once a season. Well, we've got to hope that because, no, like you say, there's not enough character in this team to turn it around if they do get up and running like they did against City. Yeah. Oh, if they, they take the lead, then I don't think we'll get anything. If they take the lead, I'm switching the stream off. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, 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 that, well, that's it. That's Everton for you, I think. You might as well. I think that sums Everton up, to be honest with you. I think it's just, if, if Everton go behind, you might as well turn the game off or you might as well leave the ground if you're in the ground because there's just there's no fight in them they're not going to fight back mental midgets yeah best way of putting it but uh, I wonder if these mental midgets can uh, get an uh, unlikely win on Thursday mm, I, I think so but it, will, it, it won't really as I said it won't really matter even if they do it won't matter and to be honest I'm not bothered in the slightest now like I say the season's effectively over the only thing that might drag me back in is the if the kids get a go and if they start to you know show something a bit different and hopefully they do because until then I can't be bothered watching another Gilfy Sigurdsson and Andre Gomez midfield <laughs> so yeah yeah just depressing isn't it it's just it's terrible but it's Everton <laughs> that, 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 that literally sums everything up to be honest I think that's just the best way of putting it and we'll, we'll finish on that bombshell because I can't be asked talking about Everton anymore to be quite fully honest <laughs> it's been our goal in this hasn't it's it a, it's, it's, why we, it's why we've been repeating ourselves it's just it's so hard to even it's just, it's, give it's, a toss about Everton isn't why, it why, why should you even expend the energy when Gilfie Sigurdsson can't be bothered expending his energy on putting a tackle in yeah we put more effort into these videos than Guilford Sigurdsson has since he got here yeah, three years ago, whatever it was. And he's on 100 grand a week. So, yeah, there you go, guys. There's my match reaction to Everton, you know, Southampton 3. And uh, <laughs> we'll just uh, we'll get we'll get that ready for next. For, I might as well pre-start pre-recording that if you can see the first goal. So, there you go, guys. Uh, that's the end of the very depressing uh, match preview. <laughs> uh, let, let us know what you think, how you think it's going to pan out and if you've got a bit more optimism in you than Paul and I have got. For you guys on the podcast, of course, unfortunately, there's still no quiz. Uh, but we're going to finish with a song, as always. Um, Paul's in the hot seat this time. Paul gets to pick a song to see us out of the podcast. Have you got anything in mind, Paul? Oh, you've sprung that on me. Um, I always do. You know, let's let's go for something a bit uplifting. Do you know what I mean? Because oh, this God. has been such a depressing podcast. It's been let's a very, have some very depressing. Yeah, one of you. I mean, <laughs> let's have let, yeah. Let, let's let's end on a nice upbeat song. Um, have you? Do you know the song Escape? The Pina Colada uh, song. Yes, the Pina Colada song. Let's yeah. have that. If well, you like that. Pina Coladas, get getting caught in the rain. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll have that. Yeah, we'll have that. Rupert Holmes, in it. Yeah, yeah. It's a nice yeah. song to get you smiling. If this comes on when you're having a drink, then I always... I, I love it when it comes on. Nice it just used to come on in Aloha or something, didn't it, in sound? 
It did, yeah. <laughs> That's what I thought of it, yeah. Definitely, so yeah, let's, let, let's uh, get a win on Thursday against Southampton. You know, and let's hopefully let's... feel a little a little bit less miserable afterwards. Pub the back open, let's all go to town. Celebrate yeah. and move it home. The Pina Colada song will come on in, in some gap that I believe in. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Uh, so we'll finish off with uh, Rupert Holmes and Escape. Here to Paul, and thank you for tuning in on the Toffee Blues. I never knew that you like me.